0: What does it take to end cyber attacks? At Cyber Reason, we can tell you exactly what it takes. It takes an army of battle tested defenders on a mission. Defenders who fight foes that operate under the cover of digital darkness. Defenders who think, move, and adapt faster than cyber attackers. Defenders with the technology and effortless automation to spot and attack forming on computers, mobile devices, servers, and the cloud and alert you when it matters most. To end cyber attacks, it takes the brightest minds in global cyber intelligence working to deliver future-ready protection to guard your data wherever the fight moves cyber reason is ready to win the battle with you and for you in the fight to end cyber attacks we are the defenders join us to reverse the adversary attacks with proactive protection against ever-evolving threats cyber reason and cyber attacks from endpoints to everywhere learn more at cyberreason.com. that's c-y-b-e-r-e-a-s-o-n.com
1: This episode is brought to you by Playapod The best cross-platform podcast app for iOS and Android Just visit Playapod.com and download it for free Curling fans, as America's best curling teams prepare to compete on the world stage, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson. Get ready for everything that you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, anything involving Team USA forming and the 2018 Winter Olympics in South Korea for Team USA Curling is found here it's the extra extra in podcast with price atkinson and the 12th in sports network crew powered by isagenix we are back yes we are back
2: the extra extra in podcast with the 12th in sports network powered by isagenix price atkinson Going to take you through this next episode, which would be episode 29, but to take me through it, I've installed one of my favorites. You would know her two-time Olympian, Jessica Schultz, one of the coolest peeps on the planet. Follow her on Twitter at Jess underscore curls, 2006-2014 Olympian. Jess, what is happening? How are you doing?
3: Oh, I'm doing great, Price. Thanks for having me back on the show. I'm very excited to be here with you.
2: It is always our treat, our pleasure, and our honor to have you, Jess. So thanks for giving us a few minutes with a busy schedule and a lot you've got going on. But, you know, as we welcome everybody in, as we say, episode 29, it's hard to believe we are at episode 29. Say that one last time as this is the final episode is technically we are coming to you With the Winter Olympics from Pyeongchang, South Korea officially underway with Matt and Becca having taken the ice. So things are ongoing and we will be coming to you through the next couple of weeks. We will come back to you again as a programming note real quick out of the gate starting next week. Once the team competitions get underway, we will come to you every other day or so. Just look for that on social media, uh, on the Twelfth Inn Sports Network uh, Twitter and Facebook pages. So we'll keep you up to date on that. Got a big episode here. We got today John Schuster, the skip team USA of the men's team. We will talk with him as we call up. I called up with him a couple weeks ago, Jess, and then the new brand new Hall of Famer from the World Curling Federation just announced last week, Kevin Martin will join us here a little bit later as he will be working with NBC Sports, one of the analysts over with Jason Knapp, Trini Kuznarek, the three-person team in Pyeongchang calling the curling action. And then finally, a little special interview between with, with me and Sarah Patton. You want to know who the number one fan for Team USA is, Jess? I'm serious when I say that, Jessica Schultz. Sarah Patton was officially named the number one fan of Team USA as I met her at Winterfest back in New York City in November at the 100 Days Out event. Sarah is from Dallas, Texas. We will talk with her in the very final segment. She's a lot of fun. She's planning a. She has got. Listen to this, Jess. A Team USA only party. All the items are, are Team USA like sponsored. She's got like a photo booth. She's got giveaways. She's like she doesn't care who you are. If you are a Team USA fan, you're welcome to her party. I can't wait to talk with her about it. I've never seen anybody that is that big of a fan like Sarah Patton is. Everything she wears pretty much is almost Team USA. It's 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 unreal, Jess.
3: That's pretty amazing. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It is cool. <laughs> I, I know
2: you're overwhelmed. Yeah. I can hear you overwhelmed.
3: I, I am very overwhelmed. <laughs> <you know? laughs> But it's fans like that that, you know, keeps us motivated and inspired to keep playing. So it's awesome.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And just real quick before we get going, Jess, because we'll you and I got a lot to talk about because I want to get everything into everything Team Eagle with Team Eagle here in the house. But just real quick to let everybody know, our giveaway this week, you want to sign up, go to tesn.us forward slash podcast. That's tesn.us forward slash podcast. Go to that page and register with the on the widget on that page. Is This week, we are giving away a Apple Wireless Keyboard. We're giving one away, an Apple Wireless Keyboard. That is how you can win. Is if you go to tesn.us forward slash podcast, that is how you enter to win that Apple Wireless Keyboard, our weekly giveaway this week. All right, Jess, a lot to get into. Let's do it now. You're two-time Olympian. What is this time like? You're what a week from not not a, not even a week. You're the, basically the week before competing. You're down to about five days. What is this time like? You know, mentally, just trying to prepare yourself. As the guys and Team Roth, Team Schuster, they were in Japan now, making now they're in South Korea. They go there a little early just to get adjusted to the time change. What is this time like for an Olympian preparing to compete?
3: And it's pretty hard to put into words. Like you said, they're over in Japan training. When we were going at 14, we were over in Switzerland training. So we did a lot of on ice um, practice and just kind of getting in touch and getting a feel for um, getting acclimated over there. I mean, obviously we're very giddy and excited. We have getting ready for opening ceremonies and going through processing is pretty amazing. You're in with other athletes and you're getting all blinged up with your Olympic rings and all the cool swag from Nike um and Ralph Lauren so it's it's a pretty pretty amazing experience that they're going through right now um I get, I get pretty excited for them you know just the re- reliving my moment and then going through what they're going through right now and I'm just really excited to see and hear and follow along with them in the next couple of weeks here
2: yeah as we talk with Jessica Schultz again follow her on Twitter at Jess underscore curls and uh you know it's is the anxiety setting in is or i don't want to say anxiety or or, or the nerve setting in is it is it antsiness setting in is it is it ready to get on the ice you know is as, as you take the ice you know for the first couple times definitely. to get acclimated. yeah
3: yeah definitely i yeah and like you said i wouldn't say it's as much anxiety i think it's just like it's getting antsy you're just ready to be there like this is the moment you've been working so hard for and um you've been like they they qualified in November and then they've just been leading up with, you know, media events and practicing hard and just getting ready. And now it's their time, right? So yeah. they're just antsy to get out there, um, get through ceremonies, get on the ice. I'm sure the first practice slides, they'll probably have a little bit of the wobbles um, just to get <laughs> some of the nerves out, out. But once, you know, you get settled into a game, it's just you and your team on the ice against another team. So you get, kind of get settled in that way.
2: Does it take usually a couple games to just kind of settle in, or is it really a matter of how it goes? You know, is it all right? We we just want to get out there. We we want to get our feet under us. You you I mean you competed in you know these these stages before, especially your second time at the Olympics. Was your second time? Did you feel a lot less nervous, like you had you know literally had been there before?
3: Yes, definitely. And I was on a t- you know the team. With Erica, Deb McCormick, and Anne with Helm, we had all been there before, so we kind of had our expectations of what to, you know, what to expect going into it. So once we stepped on the ice, we felt ready, and um, we had a tough game, our first game. But then it's just kind of bouncing back. But I don't think we felt, or at least during the moment, we didn't feel like there was a ton of pressure. Um, we just wanted to go out and perform and do our best.
2: All right, is Jessica Schultz joining us? And we're going to get ready. We've got a lot of interviews coming up. Uh, John Schuster, Kevin Martin, then, as I mentioned, Sarah Patton, uh, Team USA number one fan. A lot to, to talk about. This is our last episode. You know, it's essentially previewing the games. We've spent all season getting ready for this point. I guess just really, what you know, what is the last thing that you're you're fine tuning at this point? I mean, you've done everything you can do. I mean, you, you you're eating right. I mean, you, what what at this point is left to do besides go out and compete? Because I mean, it, you're there, you're meeting the athletes, uh, you're getting giddy to see them go out and compete. You know, it's what it, what is it you know basically is you're getting ready to take the ice. What is there left to do? Is there anything left out there?
3: Yeah, I think definitely there's uh, getting into a routine Mm -hmm. and getting, you know, a layout of where the village is, uh, how long it's going to take to get to the venue, um, what the expectations are for getting to practice uh, and what and who's practicing in the evenings. And then also managing when families start coming in, how that is all going to play a role into the schedule. So uh, one Developing your routine fairly quickly and then making sure you're finding foods that your body agrees with <laughs> and getting your sleep. Uh, that's uh, probably their number one priority right now because they're not going to be working on fine-tuning their deliveries at this point. Yeah. They should be pretty dialed in.
2: Yeah, and, that's, and you bring up something that I'm really curious about because a lot of people don't know the time. Not, you don't have a... Free time is, I'm not saying there's free time, that's not what I'm saying, but like your families are there, you go from, it might take an hour to get from the village to the facility, then it's prep, stretching, uh, a pregame meal, getting ready, you go compete. I mean, the days really fly by, so you really don't have a lot of that time there, you know, to hang out with family, to say go... You know, catch lunch. I mean, how much time do you actually maybe get to see and interact with your families while you're there, especially during the competition?
3: Yeah, it really depends on the draw schedule and the um, where you are at compared to the venue um, like in Russia our families were just on the other side of the fence so we could go and see them um, and pretty much have lunch with them after a game if we needed to but in Italy we were about an hour away from each other so yeah uh, it really just depends on that um, hopefully they'll get they'll get like a dinner in with their parents or they'll be able to see them after the game for a few minutes for sure and it's always nice to get that support from the family especially when you're in a foreign country and I shouldn't say foreign but in a different country and sure. like having um, a bunch of other fans there that aren't from the U.S. that probably don't really understand the game as much so it's just nice to see those familiar faces and sometimes you know after a tough game it's good to get a really good bear hug from dad or
4: <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: um, a family member for sure. All
2: right Jess you're going to be back with us here in just a little bit we'll close this thing up we'll talk a little bit about the teams and you know what you might expect we might see especially out of mixed doubles but Especially, you know, from John and, and from Nina competing in, in the men's and women's team competition. So Jessica Schultz, she's going to be back with us here in a little bit, as we've got uh, John Schuster coming up, followed by. Kevin Martin, you don't want to miss that one and then Sarah Patton, Team USA number 1 fan, she's got some interesting stuff she's going to tell us about parties, she met John and Jamie Sinclair and a lot of uh, the Anderson twins when we were in New York City back in November you're going to really uh, love and interested to hear this interview, so we got a lot coming up here on the Extra Extra In Podcast Episode 29, getting you ready for the 2018 Winter Olympics Jessica Schultz going to hang tight Price Atkinson will be right back here on the Extra Extra In All right, the Extra Extra in Podcast with the 12th and Sports Network, powered by Sogenics. Rolling right along here and got my man John Schuster, Skip, of Team Schuster. You can follow them on Facebook and Twitter, at Team Schuster. John, how is it going? Here we go. A fourth time. Will it be a charm? I just know you're excited to be an Olympian yet again.
5: <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, uh, yeah, know, team's doing good. We're, We had, we had a nice little kind of uh, mini break here since the Olympic trials, but we're definitely, you know, getting right back in here to full swing and, um, playing our first of our, of our three events here leading into the Olympics. And, um, yeah, I think, I think everybody's to me looking good and feeling strong and, and ready to, uh. Ready, ready to make a pretty good run here over the next two months
2: and you got you and I have talked several times about this you know on off air but I mean look you've said it in Blaine I mean you've had this date circled on your calendar for four years and this is here you go you're going back to the Olympics four-time Olympian unfinished business as you kind of reset things not reset goals or anything like that but just you get through the trials now you begin into the new year you start that preparation that that different phase of preparation for the olympic trials how you how are you personally feeling as you guys get ready to set the table to go over there and take care of that unfinished business
5: oh i'm 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 feeling very strong and uh, extremely confident yeah. um, you know our, our our journey as a team together. Mm -hmm. Uh, it leads me to to those feelings for sure um you know the the fact that our team is um yeah has over the last four years gotten to this point and gotten to this point and looking like we look and and having the the time we've had together and the successes we've had together really i think prepared us for uh yeah prepared us February for sure
2: and I think one of the things that I've thought about I I, I can't get out of my head since you said it uh, I don't remember when it was or where it was but that you said that this is the most prepared you have been going to the Olympic Games as far as you and your team that you feel more dialed in than you ever have at your point in your career just kind of talk about that
5: um yeah uh for sure I mean the the fact that this team has been together for the length of time that we've been together for and um accomplished what we've accomplished together
4: mm-hmm.
5: and been through what we've been through together. You know, we haven't, it hasn't all been, you know, ups through the, the course of our um, three and a half years together. We've had, we've had some tough stretches too, you know, last mm-hmm. year, um, you know, we, last year we couldn't crack anything and, and, uh, and then nationals came along and, and we rolled through nationals undefeated after having an yep. incredibly trying season where, you know, we, you know, struggled to qualify and struggled to win events during the regular season, and, and went to the nationals and needed help to even go to the world. So, mm-hmm. um, I think I think our successes and our and our uh, struggles have just really prepared us for um, to to get over any anything and and to do and to do anything. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, it's that that's definitely helped shape us to to who we are and prepared us for for what lies ahead.
2: Yeah, continue with John Schuster. Skip a team Schuster again. Follow them on Twitter and Facebook at Team Schuster. You can follow John on Twitter at schusty two thousand and ten. And how much at <laughs> all? How much at all is two thousand and six? That was a long time ago. I mean, twelve years is a long time. But you know, I know that wasn't your team. That was Pete skipping that team. But still, you and Joe were members of that team. You were on the podium, a bronze medal. How much of that does does that? Does that still play a factor, or are you still are you still driven at all by that two thousand and six because I know ten and fourteen really are driving major forces in, in your you know unfinished business quest here coming up
5: Ah, uh, you know, I think the six is much more so than the ten and fourteen honestly.
2: yeah um you know I think
5: you know standing on the podium and getting a medal put around your neck and having one of those best moments of your life followed by. You know, watching more medals go around other people's necks, and then yeah. somebody else's national anthem playing as you're standing there on a podium, is uh, right, has definitely been what's fueled me to try to be, mm-hmm. um, to win a world championship or to win an Olympic gold medal, and and see that flag go up and hear our national anthem at the end, um, has, has been a driving force for sure. Um, I mean more so than than thinking of, you know, shortcomings of sure of what were 2010 and 2014, which, again, I mean each one a little bit different, but obviously disappointments, mm-hmm. but um, I, I think it was as much of, as much as those as it was you know 2006 standing on a on a medal stand with a medal around your neck and seeing you know somebody else's flag raised to the top and somebody mm-hmm. else's anthem um, is definitely something that's driven me in my sport for sure.
2: All right I, I know 2010 2014 you know you you're past that mentally but one thing that you, that you are not past is in the is in the best you're not past your prime but you're in the best shape of your life right now I mean that you are fit you are trim your fit, your physical fitness is at a place that it hasn't been in years. How how much has that, you know, changed you? Forget the other stuff, but just your fit, where you are physically right now in terms of your fitness, you're at a level like you haven't been in years, John. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, and, and and I say that with all of, con- That's with all kindness. No, I, I'm not. I don't want you I laughing. Hear you, no, I hear
5: you, man. And it's but yeah, it's um, it it and and a lot of people say as a skip you know for me as a skip i'm like how much does this really matter and mm-hmm. you know in the in the grand scheme of what of one particular shot thrown in one place at one time not a big deal but you know when you start looking when i start looking back mm-hmm. about how silly that mentality was yeah. um it's it's kind of incredible because you know the one thing is that one shot and one particular moment might be at the end of a long week after the end of a long travel
4: mm-hmm.
5: and uh and yeah if you're not in if you're not in deep physical shape that you may not be in the best place to make that one shot at the one time um, because of, you know, lack of fitness, even being a skip. So um, I travel way better now. Um, <laughs> you know, I make it through yeah. long weeks way better. I mean, I, I know that, uh, you know, at the end of the mixed doubles trials, after sweeping every single, you know, basically every single rock in the entire week, you know, I was ready to throw every single rock I threw in the last end of the last game of a long week. And, mm-hmm. uh, um and I know that's going to be the case you know, at the Olympics, too, and that has a lot to do with the, the changes that I've made to uh, to my fitness and my physical um, mm-hmm. shape.
4: Yeah.
2: As we continue with John Schuster, I, you, we've talked about this before, but, you know, your family and, and talk with a lot of, you know, curlers, the ones that are on your team with Nina's team. And certainly Matt and Becca, but, you know, family support is just so big in the sport of curling, and really anything you do at this level, you know, your family support is just, it's vital, and in such a tight, close-knit sport like curling is, you know, you've got one of the tightest circles, one of the, you know, closest families of anybody that I see, and certainly your two boys, you know, Sarah, and your mom and dad are there. just Just kind of talk about how they help lift you up, because they're with you every step of this journey, John.
4: Yeah,
5: for sure. I mean, um, you know, I think it was very evident in Olympic trials that, yep. you know, when our when our families and our support system all came together and made their presence felt to us out on the ice, that that's when we came out and performed our best as a team. And um, it's always been that way for me. Um, when I when I know that, and I mean, I always know that my, I have my family support, whether they're there in the flesh or not. But mm-hmm. um, you know, I really know that over the course of of long tournaments and big tournaments that having them there you know, in the stands and there after games to, you know, just to, to get regrounded is something yeah. that always has helped me perform my best. And, you know, we've, I've been fortunate enough to have, you know, uh, a mom and dad who are retired and have the ability to, to travel and, and a wife who's got, um, you know, in a has got a great job and a great company and, and a couple of kids who, who just have great souls <laughs> and, uh, yep. and really, and that's, um, and and make this traveling possible because i know it's definitely not possible for you know for everybody in the world you know with with where they're at in their lives but um, i've been truly fortunate that we're in those places and and i always incredibly um humbled by the the support i've gotten from from my family and friends and, and curlers all over the country so
2: Yeah, there's nothing like a uh, a nationals, a trials, or uh, whether it be a weekend spiel to see your mom carrying one of your kids passed out at you know six thirty at night napping, or you know to hear the other one you know leading a cheer of you know with dad's pipes. That's certainly I know one thing besides the looks got uh, got your pipes you know from anywhere in the arena or the facility. But you know another thing that that I've I've noticed in in getting to know you a little bit over the last months and weeks and everything, but I, I wish some people could see, and in, in especially when you're going through in, in this vacuum and preparing for an Olympics and competing at Olympics, really what a, a big heart you have, John. I, I've noticed it, it watching you, you know, celebrate with teammates and you know your family, but even you know at the Olympic trials for mixed doubles when you know you guys, you and Corey, just come up just short to Matt and Becca and you know, the pride you have in a teammate and Matt Hamilton, the the love and the respect you have, but you know, you see how much of a big heart you have when you're around your family and just your teammates.
5: Yeah. Well, I I appreciate you saying that. And that's, um, you know, it's one thing that, you know, we can have in this world is the ability to, to, to be kind and be proud of, of, uh, you know, our teammates and friends and Mm -hmm. even our competitors, you know, I, I found myself last weekend, in a mixed doubles really brings it out. Maybe the most of me. is, mm-hmm. you know, somebody makes a great shot against us or sweeps a great rock. I found myself, you know, in very genuinely telling them, you know, hey, yeah, great sweeper, man, great shot. And you even saw it in the final, you know, I made a, made a double against Matt and Becca and the finals, of the Olympic trials and Matt came and gave me a high five. He's like, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, but that's in that, you know, I, there's, there's a lot to be said for me to, um, to trying to be a good person and, i mean you know for to i i know that i'm i'm probably a role model to you know a lot of a lot of young people and curlers and and for sure to my kids and um and and being a being a good person is is something that's extremely important to me and something that's been you know instilled in me since i was a very young person i think that's something that i love to pass on to uh you know, to my kids, and hopefully my kids will pass on to their
2: kids. Well, it shines through. I can see it every time I'm around you and and even just see you just being dad. It's just how big of a heart you have and just what what a a genuine, emotional guy you are, and that's with all – all positives that I say that, but you know, as we wrap up with John Schuster, skip a Team Schuster again, you can follow them on Twitter Facebook, at Team Schuster I know you guys right now uh, undergoing you know big fundraising campaigns all those kind of things because as we talk about family and how important that is they're with you guys every step of this thing I know your wife Sarah and everybody on your team going through this fundraiser like garen com. I'll let you tell everybody how they can support you guys by putting a piece of Team Schuster on their <laughs> on their back, on their shirt, on their, uh, on their head, you know, with sweatshirts, pullovers, hats, you take it away.
5: <laughs> yeah. And it's not actually even just team Schuster. It's, um, if you go online and, and buy the gear, it's actually yep. the, all the athletes had in the Olympics. So right. all 10 of us, uh, both, uh, team Schuster and team Roth and, mm-hmm. you know, at, at team Hamiltons are also both part of that, but, yep. um, yeah, if you, the, at the Garen brothers site, which you can find, uh, via links on Facebook or, you know, the link you just gave, um, yeah they can we got hooded sweatshirts quarter zips youth hoodies men's and women's or men's hoodies and the men's and women's t-shirts and some awesome winter caps and ball caps um range prices ranging from twenty five to sixty dollars and um affordable and and every dollar um spent on those is going to help all of our families uh come over to to south korea and and support <laughs> us in uh in our olympic journeys and um so far the um it, they're great looking they're great looking shirts besides the the logo <laughs> yeah. that we designed this this time around is uh is something that everybody seems to be pretty excited about and um and i hope yeah that people can go and and buy some gear and support u s uh the u s team is going there and looking great and yeah it's uh we're we're pretty excited about it yes, yeah,
2: great stuff you can support team schuster team roth team hamilton everybody competing uh, over in south korea it's gr- incredible gear i my red hoodie it got wear throughout Christmas uh down to the Sugar Bowl in in New Orleans and in places in between everybody commenting really loving you know how slick it is and I gotta tell you I I love wearing it just uh to show Team USA pride for for all three of the teams and you know, that's a way for people to support you all indirectly, but also directly getting to South Korea. It's an expensive trip. And, you know, how important that is having your family up in the stands, being half a world away. Yeah, you know, just everybody check that out. The Garen brothers, you can look on at Team Schuster on Twitter, on Facebook to uh to sign up to buy uh whatever it is hat shirts pullovers great stuff quality gear and it looks amazing john just again can't thank you enough for the time you're you're one of the best you're always so gracious and genuine with your time just thank you again john good luck go over and give them hell <laughs> thanks a lot price thanks for having me on all right john go team usa that's john schuster <laughs> skip of team schuster we'll be right back here on the extra extra, extra podcast with the 12th in sports network powered by isogenics Alright, welcome back into the Extra Extra In Podcast with the Twelfth Sports Network, powered by Isogenics Price Atkinson, and to say that this one this next interview is a bucket list and, and, and an honor and I am not I'm not even gonna waste time with words. Kevin Martin, one of the, if not the greatest curler walking the planet, the legend from Canada gold medalist, the old bear Kmart, just Kevin, I just first of all thank you for a few minutes. This is just awesome. Hey, you bet. You're welcome. It's just been a pleasure. Don't let me gush for a second because it's <laughs> been aw- it's been awesome to watch you curl over the years. Just it's just so good. And I, I just every time I think Kevin Martin, I take myself back watching you at 2010 in Vancouver in your home country. Absolutely automatic out of the hack. You played. Y- y'all were flawless. What was it like to win a gold medal in the Olympic Games in your home country?
0: Yeah, what a I was, uh, pretty lucky, I would say. You know, yeah. after uh, uh, coming in, in 2002 and missing the last one by uh, by a smidgen and, and getting silver, right. and then having a second or third opportunity in the Olympic Games, but as you say, uh, on right. home soil, right. So that was uh, very special, and to have uh, friends and family and. You know, so many people in the in the building that day that I that I knew personally. So, right. it's very cool.
2: Yeah, as you played in what twelve Briers, won four of them, two thousand eight World Champion, two time Olympian, silver in 'o two, and then of course, so we just mentioned, the gold medal in two thousand ten. And you know, let's start in the, the here and now, this current cycle, uh, getting ready for the Olympic Games. And you know, you just watched last uh, just last week your home country, you have the Royal of the Rings at home in Canada and in Ottawa, and you watch Kevin Cooey and uh, Rachel Homan punch their tickets. Just tell us, talk to us about Team Canada. I mean, in the greatest, I think, the when I say the greatest, the most competitive curling event on the planet, and that is the Canadian Trials because the depth, the benches are just so stinking good. Talk to us about Kevin Cooey and Rachel Holman's team going to the Olympics.
0: Well, yeah, both good representatives, but on the men's side going into the playoffs, you had... Uh, uh, Brad Gushu, mm-hmm. um, and then also Mike McEwen, and Kevin Cooey. Right. Um, at that point, once those three teams had made the playoffs, it didn't matter who yeah. won. Those are good reps. Sure. you know? Uh Good gentlemen. They 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 carry themselves well. They play well. So it didn't matter. And yeah. Ke- Kevin Cooey obviously have Mark and Ben on the team, so that's great. Right, you know, right. Obviously from a, you know, and then uh, Gushu, Jules Ochar, my coach of 30 years, yep. coaches Gushu mm-hmm. now. Right. So, you know, really, uh, for me, whichever of those two teams, one was great. I've got right. friends on both, so perfect. And they're good reps. Yeah. On the women's side, uh, there was no losing either. You got Chelsea Carey, Canadian champion, and then Jennifer Jones and uh, and Rachel Holman. Right. And Rachel won, but that's sure. great. A Terrific rep again, but yep. it could have been any of the three. So really fortunate that, uh, as you said, the depth uh, of the reps. Um, once playoffs started, it, it, we were good to go. Right. Yeah, I felt. Absolutely. That, that, okay, we've got good... Solid reps and and and, and good people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I think that's really important. When you come to the Olympic Games, it's it, it is about it is about medaling. I don't think it's maybe at least I never felt it was always selfish if you're if you're winning. Sure, but get on that podium. It's so important to get on that podium for your country, right? Um, be it bronze, silver, or gold, though. Sure, that's more of a personal uh, stride to try right. to you know get as high up on that podium as possible from a country point of view. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, when we're watching speed skating or, or whatever the case may be. Yep. Uh, I'd just love to see, uh, in my case, Canadians, your case, uh, U.S., right. teams getting on that podium.
2: Yeah, yeah. As we're talking with Kevin Martin, the old bear, Kmart, you can check him out on Twitter at Curl. Check out his website, KevinMartinCurling.com. So much information and all more about Kevin and things he's involved with there, but especially as we're here at the Mixed Doubles Trials in Blaine, um, We'll get to make doubles in a second, but about U.S. curling, I'm kind of curious your just broad thoughts of – where the sport is in the United States. Obviously, the USCA trying to, you know, grow the sport, but trying to get on a podium at the Olympic Games, which certainly will help grow the sport from the grassroots level. But you're just kind of overview where you see USA curling how where it's come from. You know, when Pete Fenson and those guys and John Schuster, they win bronze in 06 at the Olympics, I haven't been on the podium since. But where we are now as we get ready for uh, the South Korean Games in 2016.
0: Yeah, I think the, the growth has been, uh, let's say, gradual from about, uh, the mid nineties to the, to mm-hmm. maybe 2003, 2004. Right. I think since then it, the growth has been uh, far, far steeper. Um, I, I think overall in, in, uh, Northern and, and, uh, even, even along the East coast, um, there's, there's quite a great growth in, in sure. the sport right now, and uh, yeah, I'm not sure if it has to do with just the growth in youth, because you look out here at the, uh, at the mixed doubles trials, there's a lot of very, very young curlers out here. Right. That's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and that w- wasn't the case right. back in the late, say, late 90s. Most of the top U.S. curlers were, were old. That's not good. Yeah, like They were good curlers, sure. but we want to see young players, right? Right. You know, more, more attractive to the uh, corporate dollar and, and obviously to the fan base. Right. So you've know, got that going now. Yeah. And I think that's really important, so that's why I believe that for the last 10 years, um there's been a, a much steeper growth here in the, in the US.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Looking at some of the teams, I mean, we know John Schuster and in, in his rank, they're going to the Olympic Games and uh Nina Roth and in, in her rank, they're going to represent the United States on the women's side. But you you've, you've called against John for a long time. I long mean, you, time. you know John very well. How have you seen him grow as a skip? I mean, he's leaner in terms of his physical fitness. It seems like he's matured as a skip. Some of those experiences that were very, very tough at the Olympics, and including at the hands of Kevin Martin and company in 2010. How Have you seen John grow? You know, as a player, as a
1: curler. Yeah, you know,
0: obviously, uh, um, getting in uh, very good shape makes a difference in athletics. But I, but I think his growth is different. It's a more m- maturing. Um, he would panic mm-hmm. a lot uh, on the ice, and if they were winning, no problem sure but but to come from behind, that was not their strength sure now um he i don 't think he worries if he 's a header behind uh-huh. um, it 's just play as best you can every single end. You know, he's got the right idea now. Right. Um, always was a good strategy uh, player. Yeah. But, but would just, I think deep inside was just panic. Sure. Doesn't do that anymore. Yeah. So he's grown a lot as a player and, uh, and now being in, in the type of shape he's in. Right. Has made a great deal of difference too, is just being consistent. Sure. Like you, you can, you can play a good game or not. Right. But to play really good every day, mm-hmm. you've got, you've got to be ready to play every day. And that means fitness.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Continuing with Kevin Martin, the legend himself, you, you look on the women's side, I mean, the, the bench may not be quite as deep here in the U.S. As, as it seems to be and appears to be on the men's side. But, you know, on the way up, Nina Roth and, and her uh, her team are going to be at the Olympics. But when when you look at, you know, the teams that qualify, we don't have to break, break them down every, on each side. But obviously the Canadians, uh, your home country, are going to be the favorite uh, on the men's and women's side. But you got a guy, Nicholas Adine who's going to be certainly in the mix from Sweden on the men's side. Uh, there's quality on the women's side, the Swedes. Uh, you know the Chinese have put a lot of resources into curling over the years. What do you when you look at just the fields themselves, the men and the women? You know they're going to be competing. What, what, do you, what are you looking at as far as is going to be calling the games there in South Korea?
0: Yeah, I think in the men's uh, it's it's uh, it's not as deep. I think you've got maybe four or five uh, nations that can, can have okay. a serious shot at winning. Right. Women's, my goodness, um, um, almost the whole field. Yeah, could win, could get gold. Right. That doesn't happen very often. So yeah. on the women's side, it is really tight. Yeah. Um, I, I like the chances of, of podium finishes uh, f- for both U.S. teams. Right. Um, it was funny, you know, we were we were, uh, we were covering a, a Grand Slam event, so it's a, right. a tour event in, in Canada on Sportsnet while the women's um, trials finals were on going on in the states. So we kept uh, right. announcing uh, the scores yep. because we're talking about the, the competition and Nina and of course Jamie yep. dead even. Those, right. those two teams were absolutely even, yep, and the only thing that can happen when you have the best two teams in your country be exactly equal yep. I, I really do believe they're they 're equal I, I agree with that <laughs> so yep. they 're fighting it out well, the only thing you can do when you're when you 're battling equal is get better, yep. both yep, and, and that 's what we 've seen happen with those two teams they're like they're, you know they 've become much 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 stronger over the last couple of years because they have to battle each other and they 're and and you just get better when you sure. have no idea who's going to win and, and what a fantastic finish, every game, pretty much every game's an extra end. Yeah, and then <laughs> you know right. it, it was absolutely a wonderful uh, finish. Now and, and it could have went either way. Yeah, so perfect.
2: In in the sport of curling, you guys are the bar. I mean, Canada is the bar. I mean, that's where everybody's trying to get to. And, and let's be frank: will we ever get to where Canada is? Probably not. But the. Is it how important would it be, for, or is it for the sport of curling for the U.S. to continue to to climb the ladder again? I don't think maybe we'll never get to the Canadian level. I not in my lifetime, I don't think so. But just to continue in terms of the overall, not just competitiveness, but the depth. I mean, that's what when you look at Canada and the Olympic trials, the briers the Scotties. The stinking depth is just amazing of the bench of quality, outstanding, elite curlers. Kevin,
0: mm-hmm. I think that uh, there's a few factors though, okay. and 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 there's no reason why the U.S. can't and can't fall in that in that suit. Okay. I think one thing that that hold teams back a little bit here is the length of and the amount of games they play. Yeah. they don't play near as many games. Okay, not as many events. Yep, um, we were like that until now because we've got the whole tour season early up to right. Christmas. And the Grand Slams go all the way to May now. So a young, up-and-coming team, they're pretty good. Mm -hmm. They play all the time. They'll play 125, 130 games in a year. Right. um, All the way through from the first uh, tour events in early August now. And the last one ends in early May. Yep. So that's a long season for a young team. Right. And I think that's something that that started in 2001. And that has made a great deal of difference in Canada. Mm -hmm. Because before, it was always... A, a tour season from September through to Christmas, mm-hmm. then play down kind of season yeah. after that. And the problem is the young people coming up just at a junior, they're not good enough yet. So right. they lose out of the play downs. Yeah. They don't get to the, the the big national championships and so on. Right. So their season may end, end of January. They're kind of done. Yeah. Okay. So you've got the, the old guard, the, the guys that are, and, and, and females that are really good, yeah. you know, the older ones, and, and they keep going. They get to the yeah. curl from September all the way through to, to end of april right the young players trying to come up they they play from september and they're done in january this is not this you can that's not going to work right Right. (laughs) you need the young player to play longer and more than the old dog right absolutely you know and that that and that's what's happened in canada and that's why uh now looking at the trials um there aren't many old players there anymore right like it used to be there'd be uh, Stoughton, Burtonick, Martin, Howard. Yeah. Well, we were all forty-five years old. Yeah. And 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 all all kind of favored to win. Sure. Sure. Well, that's not healthy. I know, like it's yeah. good for us. Yeah. But it's but not healthy for the game. Right. Now you're looking at the favorites being, uh, Jacobs, McEwen, um, and Cooey. Now he'd be yeah. the older guard, sure. but not forty yet. Right. And uh, you know you're in the low to mid thirties. Right. That's your favorites. Sure. Okay, that's much better. It's ten years younger. Now let's let's watch ten fifteen years from now it'll be in the high 20s right now you've got a healthy sport sure
2: and something you were very instrumental in in, in developing and in bringing to the forefront and creating was the grand slam of curling and and that's what you're you know alluding to and talking about Is you know you start in august and, and you run through the entire season with the uh, champions cup now you know at the end of the year how is that how is the Grand Slam of curling? What do you think the – I mean, it's obviously had just po- it's nothing been nothing but positive. But where do you see the Grand Slam of curling going, you know, moving forward? Because I know the Chinese announced ahead of the 2022 games, you know, a series that I think is certainly – you look at it, we know it's they're trying to have it to be instrumental in their development as well.
0: Exactly. And that's, uh, and that's fantastic. Yeah. You know, the more, the more of that type of play, sure. the, the better worldwide. There's no question about that because yeah. the Grand Slams primarily at, at present are, are all in Canada. Yeah. So that's good. That's good for Canada, but that, sure. that doesn't help worldwide. So it's great to hear that the, those events are, are right. thinking of in in, in Asia. Um, and we need to have more events down, down sure. south. Now I know there's some, some talk about that as well. Right. Great. You yeah. know, so that's the kind of growth we need to be able to get the young people involved. It's very important. So Back, say, when I was a kid, that's a long time ago. Right. But um, if you look at the, the, the top curlers, mm-hmm. or you look at them, let's look at a school. Let's look at a 2,000-kid okay. school. Yep. How many of the top athletes in those schools would be curlers? Yeah. Well, one or none. <laughs> that's yeah. how many. And that's one honest. or none. Yeah. And that's honest. Yeah. Back in the day. Um, now, you look at the, the big schools, how many are curlers? Quite a few. Yeah. Because there are... The, the young players that are that are quite good are on TV a ton. Yeah. They travel all over the world. Right. You can get solid sponsorship if you look at other sports. Unless you make the NHL, if you're stuck in the, in the in the, in the juniors, right. you're on a bus. And, oh my yeah. goodness, that's hard. Yeah. And then and and these other sports, unless you make the very very top level right. pro, yeah, it's a you know it's a, it's a, it's a, it's tough. Yeah. But for you know, my son, they're they're doing all right with botchers team. They're doing okay. Yeah. But. But he, you know he, he got to play in the university ad in Italy, and they, they travel to Germany, they travel to Switzerland, they travel right. to Sweden every year. That's cool. Yeah. Like as a young person, oh, yeah. That's neat. Oh, that's awesome. And so yeah. I think that you know that's one thing that's compelling young people more into curling than ever before is because of this traveling and on the tour and and being on TV quite a bit. Therefore, you can get the sponsorship dollars, so you can afford it. Right. So now you can afford to to, to curl, and and then if you are good enough, by the time you're thirty. Away you go, and if you're not, right. it's okay. Hey, sure. you've yeah. had a wonderful ten years, right? And and get to work, have yep. kids, and and yeah. you know, and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. Yeah. There, but but there's no negative to any of that. Yeah. And that's what what I see happening uh, in Canada and in the U.S. and um, anywhere else in the world. Yeah. The the average age of the curling champion is getting younger. Yeah. That's healthy.
2: Yeah. As we begin wrapping up with Kevin Martin, um, Kevin, is you're with Sportsnet, NBC Sports. You're going to be obviously over uh, in Pyeongchang, calling the Winter Olympics curling. Going to be 16 days, heavy workload for uh, you and Trini and the entire crew because we've got mixed doubles now. Mixed doubles is you know starting, that's now in the mix. So we get 16 days for us curling enthusiasts. Bring it on, more of it. We can't we can we can't get enough of it, right? But the mixed doubles that's going to be introduced now that a lot of people are going to be seeing for the first time. just you, You've obviously seen it in Canada. You see it here at the uh, U.S. Olympic trials. Just your quick thoughts on you know, how it's going to play. Uh, the, it being introduced into sports, certainly a little bit more appealing to the TV side because it moves fast, it's quick. Um, you know, I think viewers are going to catch on. Just give me your uh, reaction to uh, to mixed doubles now in the Olympic Games.
4: Well,
0: I think it's going to attract a younger audience. Okay. Um, traditional curling, you're looking at uh, 10 ends. Yep. <clears throat> Sorry about that. Anywhere about uh, three hours, 15 minutes to three hours and 30 minutes. Yeah. That's a long time. Sure. Uh, for a young person, you know, they uh, uh, things happen fast. Right. In, 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 right. in youth these days yeah. and, uh, three and a half hours, long time. These games are an hour and 45, hour and yep. 50 minutes from start to finish. There's very little dead time. Yep. There's, oh, well maybe none. It gets happening quick, right. five rocks. And because there's only 22 minutes of thinking time, you can't have the skip and 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 or the teammates talking for for a long time. It's right. not possible. There's right. no time for that. Sure. So one rock stops, the other one's coming, like it's coming down the ice. You know, and so it's it's a very quick game. Um, I really enjoy the fact of uh, of the thrower throwing, getting up, sweeping for 25 seconds. Sure. And they've only got about a 20-25 second recovery. So you know, at home, get on that treadmill, go as hard as you can for 25 seconds, take 25 seconds off, and do it again. Yep. It's not going to take many before you're panting pretty good, right. And that's 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 mixed doubles curling. Yeah, it's hard, yeah. And uh, so, you know, I appreciate it. I love it. I yeah. love watching it. So uh, I, I believe it's going to be uh, very, very popular everywhere. Yeah. And, and, but I, well, another part is uh, it'll, uh, it'll attract a younger audience. I'm curious
2: your reaction because you had the call the other day, Monica Walker, the shot she hit was really about three <laughs> shots in one, right? Watch the replay. Golly, I'm probably going at least a Baker's dozen time. And listen yep. to your call on it. We gave her the nickname here in the Extra Extra, and we've come up with a nickname, gave her her official nickname. We think it fits, but you give us your reaction. The National Guard. <laughs> the
0: National Guard. Nice. The way it, you know. Hey, oh, yeah. my goodness. You know, there uh, was a double-raised <laughs> double, but in doing so, rolled her stone and the guard together, dead buried on top button. Like, it's about as good a shot as you can make in our sport. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that was brilliant. And uh, I, I, But because there's so many angles in mixed doubles— um, that type of shot isn't going to happen very often in regular curling. Right. You don't have an opportunity to make it. Exactly. In the mixed doubles, you do. Yeah. There's so many rocks in play all the time. It's part of the excitement of the you, of mixed doubles. Absolutely. Yep. Especially when you have a good ice surface, as you do here. Yeah. Now, if the ice was very, very difficult with right. N- Nazmay sweepers and so on, it'd be tough. Yeah. But as long as you have a surface like Dave's made here, you'll be all right.
2: All right, final question as we wrap up. Check out KevinMartinCurling.com, at Curl on Twitter. Just give us what's everything going going on with Kevin Martin. What are you up to? What's going on these days? <laughs> Clearly, you're preparing for the Winter Olympics. But, you know, what else do you have going on in life at Kevin Martin?
0: Yeah, well, you know what uh... – so, Sean, my wife, Sean, and I, uh, Carrick and, and Brittany. So, Carrick's 28, that's who plays with Botcher. Right. They had their first right. child. So, we've had our first grandchild. Congratulations. 12 weeks ago. Thanks. Yeah. So, that's, that changes everything. Uh, you know, you try to get home and try to see Kayler as much as we possibly right. can. Right. So, that's a big change. Absolutely. But, uh, the sporting goods company that I've had for, I guess this is year 28. Yep. So, that's a busy place. Yep. Um, and then still involved down in pa- Palm Springs with uh, Desert Dunes Golf Course. So, there's quite a few, uh, different irons in the fire, but, uh, and then, of course doing the uh, the television for in Canada Sportsnet CBC right. and in in the US NBC so around 130 132 games we'll do this year so yep. so that's that's a, a good tight schedule well, Kevin, most important yeah. get to see kayler absolutely <laughs> yeah that's a
2: priority family's number one but just cannot thank you enough the two-time olympian four-time briar winner kevin martin the old bear just look it's just been a thrill it's been an honor personal for me i i just it's hard to believe we're sitting here i'm getting to talk to the <laughs> kevin martin so
0: thank well, you so thanks much price you bet Appreciate all right it. we'll be right back here on the extra extra and podcast
2: Final guest interview here on the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network, powered by Isogenics. Price Atkinson, and now joined with a very special interview to bookend this episode 29 as we get you ready for the Winter Olympics competition is now underway, but the opening ceremony is coming Tomorrow night, technically, if you're listening to this on Thursday, which you can listen to a brand-new episode every single Thursday, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, uh, the Apple Podcast app on your smartphone, a myriad of ways you can listen. But a special interview here we're going down to Dallas, Texas, Team USA's number one fan. And I can say that affirmatively because it has been proven, and it is fact because of the Team USA and USOC Sarah Patton, from Dallas, Texas. Again, Team USA's number one fan. Welcome in, Sarah. We met in New York, got to meet you and your husband, Nick. We had a great time. You guys had a time of your life getting to attend Winterfest, behind the scenes, you know, things that were going on, meeting athletes. It was a, I know, a few days to remember, but just tell our listeners right now how you became Team USA's number one fan.
6: Yeah, of course. And thanks for having me on. Um, so Team USA announced in September that they were on the search for their number one fan. And even before this contest began, it was my lifelong dream to be the official Team <laughs> USA's number one fan. So whenever they announced this contest, I of course, I knew I had to apply. And so I did, which involved writing an essay. Mm-hmm. And then when I was a finalist, I had to make a video and do a quick little phone interview. And then I found out that I won. Mm-hmm. And so that's how the the big prize was going to New York. And that's how we ended up at the 100 Day Countdown and Winterfest. Um, so, so that's how it all came to be.
2: All right, now our listeners can follow you on Twitter at Sarah B, the number two in P. And if you want to get a taste of just how big of a fan. Sarah is. I'm telling you, you can go right there and get a full dose because Sarah, full blown, every time I see a photo uh, pop up, she's always in either a Team USA hat, shirt, a onesie. Yes, a onesie, folks. I'm not kidding you. But Sarah is decked out head to toe, getting ready for the opening ceremonies, as we all are. But you've got a big, um, you know, I I guess before we talk about your opening ceremony party, because this is going to be a big event, to say the least, at your house. But. On the excitement scale of one to 10, where would you dub, where would you put your excitement on a scale of one to 10 about the Winter Olympics beginning?
6: Oh, a thousand. It's, <laughs> it's beyond 10. <laughs> I'm so excited. And I have to say that onesie was a Christmas present. <laughs> that is the only thing that i wanted for Christmas. And when I got it, I was even, even though I knew I would get it, I was so excited And it is the warmest, most comfortable thing that I have ever worn in my life. And everyone needs to get a Teen USA onesie.
2: So will you go to work in it is a big question.
6: I have asked and I was told no, (laughs) but I have gone out in public with it. Um, (laughs) I have worn it to as many places as I can.
2: (laughs) Fantastic. All right, Sarah. So tell us, you've got a big opening ceremony party coming up, uh, Friday night opening ceremonies. I'm not even going to get into the party planning. I want you to tell everybody about it. I saw one of your pictures going to the store. The only items you bought were official Team USA sponsored sanctioned item. Just go ahead and tell our listeners all about your opening ceremony party, honoring and and celebrating Team USA.
6: Yeah, of course. So we love having an opening ceremony party. And When we moved into our house, we really started this with the Rio Olympics. Mm -hmm. Um, Before that, I was a college student, so it wasn't as feasible. But um, yeah, we just invite everyone that we know. We tell them to bring their friends because the Olympics are so exciting and everyone should have a place to go and just be excited because it's the most wonderful time of every two years. Um, The weather in Texas is usually decent enough in February, so we'll have campfire we'll have Smores with Hershey since they're a Team USA sponsor and we'll put a TV out in our backyard. So we try to we kind of spread the love throughout the house and then we try to get everything that is Team USA possible from Kellogg cereal and make a cereal bar. Now that Nabisco is a Team USA sponsor, we're getting the Oreos and the Ritz crackers and Chips Ahoy, which the Oreos, if you haven't seen them, they come in five different designs and they are beautiful. I don't even want to eat them because they're (laughs) so fun. We are going to have South Korean snacks. We give prizes out for people that are most enthusiastic, most patriotic. Uh, We'll do a trivia contest. We have custom gold medals that we had made, so we gift those out with little bouquets, and then we ordered wow. Team USA gear um, to sweeten up the prize. And then we just tell everyone to bring a snack, a drink, an appetizer, something just to kind of throw into the mix, and um, we just try to have fun and make it as open to everyone as we possibly can.
2: Party favors, prizes, decorations, the whole nine yards. I mean, it is Team USA to the max and I, I what are some of the decorations because I saw some pictures I mean you've been planning for you've been planning I mean the planning for this obviously began months ago but the actual execution began what well, a couple weeks ago I mean literally to start getting things put out
6: right so we took down our Christmas decorations uh, right after the new year and that was that was go time to start decorating so we have a team USA Christmas tree since we figured A pine tree is kind of wintry, so we left our (laughs) our Team USA ornaments on the tree, so we have that out, and then we, I mean, my my collection continues to grow, and of course, we got really nice things in New York City, so we've framed some pictures and little mementos from New York, and then ever since I was a child, I've collected random Olympic stuff, so we kind of put that out. We take down everything in our house that is a typical year-round decoration and replace it with something Olympic-related. We have Olympic books that we put on the coffee table in case anyone decides they want to learn something while they're here. We stock up on red, white, and blue things every 4th of July. So our house has turned into a red, white, and blue paradise, if you will.
2: Folks, I'm not kidding. I am not kidding. Biggest (laughs) Olympic, Paralympic fan you'll meet. That is what her Twitter... Bio reads her and her husband Nick do it unlike anybody else with their opening ceremony party coming up Friday night. Follow her, Sarah Patton, on Twitter at Sarah B2P. And if anybody is in listening right now in the Dallas, Texas area, I mean I saw you put out an open call. It, your party is yes, open absolutely. to anybody that wants to come. Tell them the extra, extra in sent you. But you're how can people, if they want to get in touch with you, just obviously probably send you a tweet set the best way to do it at Sarah B2P?
6: Yeah, connect with me on Twitter. Um, I am on there probably way too much, as you know. And so I'm always checking and I would love to have people come over that we've connected with via social media. Um, That's one thing that's cool about the Mm -hmm. Olympic fan community is that you can meet someone and feel like you've known them for your entire life because we just share that common interest. It's great. It's a magical thing.
2: Well, when I met you and Nick, obviously, in New York back in uh, November, the minute I started talking to you, the passion you guys have – it, it it completely probably bypasses mine I thought I was one of the biggest fans out there I can say that is not the case you <laughs> certainly have got me beat I didn't think it was possible but it is it is more than true but the connection you know just watching you know athletes who work four years I, I was one I didn't get to that level I worked hard but to see friends who've done it to see people I know to see people we think we feel like we know we've watched them and cheered for them so much on TV it's just it's it's all inspiring to see the smiles, dreams come true, and then you know certainly to s- hear the national anthem of the United States played when you know of Team USA is atop the podium. It's the tie that binds, and and I felt that with you guys immediately upon meeting you. And, and speaking of meeting, real quick, because I'm not going to ask you to f- pick a f- favorite Olympic sport. But when we were at Winterfest, uh, the Anderson Twins, Jamie Sinclair, John Schuster were there. You got to meet everybody, got to hang out, had a a fun Uh time. I know you had a lot of fun with John Schuster and developed a friend. So just tell us a little – watching curling through maybe a little bit of a different lens this year in the Winter Olympics, getting to know John, getting to hang out a little bit, because I know you guys really enjoyed some time with him.
6: Yeah, yeah. So – and I do have to say my favorite part of the Olympics, hands down, is watching athletes' dreams come true. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you hit the nail on the head Mm -hmm. with that, but after being in New York and I have met several Olympians in the past, Mm -hmm. but I will say that watching curling Olympic trials just a week or two after hanging out with Schuster for as long as we did that it, it gave me a new level of excitement and anxiety (laughs) because I was just sitting there thinking, I mean, we hung out with the guy for a few hours and I have all this investment now be I mean I was already a fan sure. but there's this new investment where as we're watching Olympic trials I'm sitting here thinking how does his wife do it? How does, like how do family members do this? Because it I mean it, it's amazing um just having I guess getting to know someone and then cheering them on even more personably and um I mean I grew up with some folks that have been in the Paralympics mm-hmm. and so I don't get starstruck or anything like that, but absolutely, as you develop these bonds with athletes, it's so cool to watch their journey and to just know a little more about them and yeah. um, and to get to know who they are personally. It's it's great.
2: Yeah, and, and John, we ask Sarah all the time. We nobody knows how they do it in their house with two little ones, but you know, yeah. John is a very very warm giving person, and when a lot of people meet him and you get to know him like you guys did, I mean, you see that. You don't see the Absolutely. John Schuster on television, but I know you guys are going to be pulling hard for him, especially Team Roth, uh, the Team Hamilton, who is underway right now with the mixed doubles. I mean, we're all pulling for everybody. Everybody wearing the Team USA stars and stripes, but Sarah, uh, just out the door real quick. Team USA's number one fan, again, follow you on Twitter at B 2 p Dallas, Texas, Sarah Patton, just Give me just oh, on the oh, on the way out the door the excitement, what it's going to be like when things really kick off, and you watch Team USA walk in the opening ceremony. Because I know that's when the biggest cheers at your party are going to go down.
6: Yeah, so I will be glued to the TV, and I will be crying. There will be tears streaming down my face because it never fails that you can see the excitement on the athletes' face when they walk into opening ceremonies. Mm. And just knowing that and, you know, whenever I see athletes that I've met before, or people who whether I've met them or not, when I know the story and the journey that has led them to that point, whether it's overcoming injuries, or various obstacles that they have persevered, and they're there, their dream came true. It's the most inspirational thing. So. um So yeah, that that moment is when It'll, yeah, everything, That that's the apex of it all.
2: <laughs> well, fantastic, Sarah. Team USA's number one fan named by Team USA themselves, Sarah Patton. Just thank you again for a few minutes here. We'll let you go because I know you've got more party planning and things to do. But we will talk to you very, very soon. Enjoy the Olympics and hope you'll uh, continue listening to the Extra Extra and Sarah. It's our pleasure.
6: Yes, thank you so much.
2: All right, we'll be right back here on the Extra Extra In podcast to wrap it up. Jessica Schultz, two time Olympian. We're going to put a bow on episode 29 when we come back here on the Extra Extra In. All right, back for the final time. Here we go, the Extra Extra In Podcast final segment. Hope you enjoyed those interviews. Special thanks, John Schuster. Caught up with him a couple weeks ago as we had basically a media blackout period, so we had to cut that one. Just a little while ago, but Kevin Martin talked with him. Really appreciate Kevin Martin, the brand new World Curling Federation Hall of Famer with NBC Sports, and then Sarah Patton there in that last segment. Really, really appreciate her. She is a breath of fresh air and a lot of fun. So, just appreciate everybody making this final episode what it is. And Jessica Schultz again, two-time Olympian, two thousand six, two thousand fourteen, back with us again. Again, follow her on Twitter at Jess underscore curls, and also Jess, your website. You want to get in, plug it right now. How about plug it, shout out? (laughs)
3: Um, Well, my website is still under construction, but it's rocklifemindset.com. And I'm just trying to navigate which direction I'm going to go with it. But I think I'm going to do kind of along the lines of corporate speaking and corporate events and uh, helping people learn to curl as well. And to maybe fine tuning if people are interested in fine tuning their delivery or um, learning more about goal setting kind of along those lines. So I'm pretty open to talk about it if anybody feel free to email me at rock at gmail.com it'd be fun to hear from you um other than that that's but, the big thing going on right now
2: but blog i guess i was the blog oh. which i mentioned blog is what i meant
1: to say blog <laughs> blog. blog blog i'm sorry <laughs> jess
3: that's okay. That I has been, um, I've been slacking actually on that since the Olympic trials. I'm uh, just trying to get everything else organized. I'm also working on helping get a curling club started in my neighborhood. So uh, we actually, we have dates set June 10th. There's going to be curling in Richfield. So we are looking forward to getting that up and running.
2: Well, Team Eagle is in the house. We're going to take advantage of Team Eagle being in the house. So just appreciate you just taking a few minutes as we uh, start to begin closing up shop as we look ahead toward the men's and women's team competition. Before we do that, real quick, Super Bowl was in the Twin Cities. Did you get to partake in any of the fun? I I know you're probably kind of hanging on every thread, enjoyed the Minnesota miracle or the Minneapolis miracle with the Vikings and the, uh, the incredible finish against the Saints, come up short against the Eagles. But when the Super Bowl rolled into town, did you did you at least partake in some of the excitement with everybody in town?
3: I did. I did. I actually went out around downtown and partaked in some of the free events that they had going on. They had some live bands and DJs in downtown. And then I actually helped uh, corp- with some corporate groups. Uh, they were interested in learning how to curl. So we were down, I was in Blaine and in Shaska helping with some learn to curl events. Uh, that was actually pretty cool to be a part of. Um, got to meet one of the Saints players. I think his name is Mark Ingram. Oh yeah, um,
2: former Crimson yeah. Tide, Heisman Trophy winner. How about
3: that? Yep, yep. got a picture with him. Uh, it felt like I was uh, holding on to a, a piece of wood just with how how stacked he is. But <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. It was a fun event.
2: Mark Ingram is no joke. Was Smitty with you? Did I uh, know uh, Smitty,
3: talk- Smitty was there. Let's see. We had Jeff Isaacson. Um, Chris Flies, Allison Pottinger, and Sean Rojewski.
2: Damn it. So, I'm yeah. telling you, Smitty always holds out on me. He told me he was doing some corporate events, but he leaves out the names. I'm going to kick his rear end <laughs> when I talk to him.
1: <laughs> I you am. Should.
2: I am going to kick his fanny, dadgummit. All right. Well, is is we're talking with Jessica Schultz here, all right, Jess, let's look ahead. Let's look at men's and women's. Let's start with the women's side. Um, obviously, you've uh, curled into Olympics. This time, Nina Roth, an incredible honor for her. Is her, Eileen, uh, Becca Hamilton, uh, uh, Tabitha Peterson, and then the fifth Corey Christensen. They are uh, going to do battle on the women's side. And when you look at the women's field, how do you handicap this thing? Do you? Uh, I I want to say that the women's side of the Olympics is is just more open than the men's. Would you agree with that?
3: I definitely agree with that. I think it's a toss up for who's going to finish where. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Homan's obviously going to come in as a favorite team, sure. and then. Um, maybe Eve, and you can kind of go down the line. I would expect, you know, obviously we would want Nina to do well and hopefully medal, but um, being it's her first Olympics and she has some, you know, some world experience and she's also done really well on tour this last year. So I'd like to see her probably middle of the pack somewhere, if not, you know, up on the medal stand.
2: Yeah, I, no question about. It. I think Rachel Holman certainly the, the unquestioned favorite, but Eve certainly has got a lot of experience. Um, I, I think Nina and, and her team are going to be a factor. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I think there's a mm-hmm. kind of a group with with uh, Tirinzoni from Switzerland, Hasselberg from Sweden, Nina representing the stars and bars. I, I something to me and. The wild card, especially on the men's and even on the women's side, but especially on the I think on the women's side, the Koreans. I think the Koreans, if I've got it right, if I remember, the Korean women have had more success on the women's side than the men's. To me, that is, to me, that is basically what we're looking at behind, say, Holman, and then maybe Muirhead, who is the maybe the I don't know if you can call the betting second betting favorite, but. I, you look at it right now, there's just kind of that cluster of teams that are just below them with, uh, with Nina right there in the mix.
3: Correct. Yeah. I completely agree with that.
2: What do you think Nina and company are going to have to do? Because obviously this is a team, a first time Olympians, Becca's going to have had advantage a little bit. Ice will change. No question. Um, and what I was told the rocks would change too, for mixed doubles uh, from the team competition, but What do you expect, especially from a group of first-time Olympians with, with Team Roth?
3: Yeah, I think, um, you know, if they keep their, their head in the game and, and really stay focused on the ice, that'll be helpful for them. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to have to play their hearts out, right? Sure. I mean, they've played in some great games, some great competitions in the past, but this is bigger than anything they've ever played in. And I remember when we were trying to play, we, we knew we had to play in the 90s to do well, but these teams were playing like the Korean skip was shooting mm-hmm. 98% against us. So, I mean, it's it's really dialed up. Like the level of play is really dialed up here, so um, they just need to bear bear down and and yeah. makes makes the shots. <laughs> and,
2: and and you said it right there, and there is no other way to put it but this: when you're at the Olympics, anything less than your best is not going to cut it, unless you are maybe a a Rachel Holman or even a Kevin Cooey that is, or a, a Dean that is just you know. Even sometimes a B game can get it done, but even at the Olympics, a B game probably won't cut it even for the best. You've got to be at your very best to have this kind of success that you want. I don't care if you're men's or women's, right?
3: Exactly, yeah. you got to be out there
2: 110%. All right, let's look at the men's side because Kevin Cooey, I, to me on the men's side, Kevin Cooey and Kevin Martin was pretty honest when he was talking about it earlier, Jess. Kevin Cooey and probably Nicholas Adine. Co favorites, a lot of people are going to look at them. It's it's going to be one of those two for the gold medal. But w- when you get past Cooey and Adeen, and let's just let's all let's put it on the table because we know John Schuster has had Nicholas Adine's number. He had it uh, at the World Championships. He had it at the Continental Cup just recently. I get that that was a little bit more of an exhibition, but still, the bottom line is uh, John has had Nicholas's number, and I think once you get past those top two teams and Adine and Cooey, this thing is wide open.
3: I agree with you. I mean, Schuster's got the fire right now. There's something about him going into this Olympics that I haven't seen um, from the previous Olympics for him. And I think they definitely have their chance of being up there.
2: Yeah. Uh, So where do you – you know, John has been – you've seen John. John's in the best shape of his life. John Landsteiner's been Mm -hmm. there before. Joe Polo's been there before. Tyler's getting his first taste of it. He's hungry as can be. And obviously Mm -hmm. Matt's going to be on the ice uh, before – the, the fact these guys had been at the World Championships, they finished third and got the bronze medal in 16, they just barely, I mean, DeCruz, who is going to be a factor from Switzerland, had, has had their number a lot like John's had Nicholas Adine's number. The fact that they've broken through at the world level do you think mentally that's going to be an advantage for John because a lot of them say nope you know we've we played and beaten these guys before, but to do it on this kind of stage and I realize world championships and Olympics are still different
3: definitely um I think any any place a finish at a world level definitely can help at this at the Olympics. so with john finishing in the top half in the last couple i think that's really going to help his confidence going in and he's seen these teams before you know he's played against them he knows what to expect um when he goes out on the ice against them so it's definitely helpful
2: all right, Jess. Let's uh, let's let you go. Let's let everybody go. This is episode twenty nine, the extra extra end. Just appreciate everybody who's been with us. Have no fear. We're going to be back next week as we'll be podcasting. We're going to even try and sweet talk. I'm. A, my, I don't know what I'm gonna have to send, Jess in the mail out there to sweet talk her to maybe join us for a couple podcasts during the Olympics around her crazy busy schedule because she is busier than probably anybody listening right now but Jess we'll do our best to entice you to come back please I'll just make my public plea now please
3: (laughs) candy hearts work
2: (laughs) I think we can do that I think there's a lot of Valentine's candy I can go find at the store I can send bags and bags and bags and bags all right, Jess. Well, we'll let you go. Just everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Again, don't forget, go to tsn.us forward slash podcast to register to win the Apple Wireless Keyboard this week. Again, thanks to John Schuster, Kevin Martin, Sarah Patton, our guest this week, and the biggest thank you of all to Jessica Schultz staying up late to help record this podcast as we get you ready for the 2018 Winter Olympics. It's here. It's here. Enjoy. We'll see you again next week.
1: Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In podcast with Price Atkinson. Follow Price and the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, and guests for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In podcast, powered by Isogenics.
3: Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers.
1: Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the rafters? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud
0: be this slept on? Let's get it out of here. Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh my goodness. Where
4: else? The NBA, only here. Season begins tonight on TNT.